0: Welcome to the Child Care Council's Chit Chat Podcast, where we talk about all things early childhood education and child care. I'm Courtney Jones. I'm a parent of two kids and by no means an expert on child care, but I know people that are. I'll be sitting down every week with experts to learn more myself and share my conversations with you. Today, we're going to be talking about kindergarten readiness with our friend, Adrienne Snyzik. Adrienne is a wonderful source of information for this topic because she's a kindergarten teacher. So she's seeing this every single day. During our conversation, we're gonna cover all the bases from what people think about when they think kindergarten readiness to what we should actually be doing to prepare our children for schooling and how COVID-19 has changed what we see in children in kindergarten this year. There's a lot of great information coming at you in today's episode, so I really hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. So let's talk about kindergarten readiness. Is it something, you know, I have a child that's, um, that's younger, who's not in school yet. Is this something that all parents should be thinking about, about preparing their child to enter the school system?
1: I absolutely think that everybody should be thinking about kindergarten readiness. I don't think it's ever too early to start thinking about where your child needs to be. And you know, like as adults, we have a five-year plan, a lot of us, and where do I wanna see myself in five years? Well, think about bringing your newborn baby home. Five years is gonna go really fast. So that's a great way
0: to look at it, yeah. Right,
1: so where do you wanna see this beautiful infant in five years? What are your dreams? What are your visions? What do you want them to know? What do you want your goals for them to be? And then you need to start putting that in motion as part of their development.
0: That's a great way of thinking about it too. And, you know, I think a lot of us do that already without Mm -hmm. actually kind of putting the words to it. You know, my husband and I talk about that all the time, but the way that you just phrased it is exactly the right way that we should be looking at it is it's a five-year plan for our kids to be courteous and kind to others. That's exactly it.
1: It is. And the faster people embrace that and the faster they get on board with, how they want their child to grow up as a small little human, the better this is all going to work to better prepare them for kindergarten.
0: What are some of the skills that you think are the, the really important ones that, that kids should have in their, in their five-year plan, so to speak?
1: I'm actually glad you asked me this question. Um, courteous, kind, respectful, manners, a lot of times when children come to kindergarten, they don't have self-help skills and things I'm talking about are being able to dress themselves, putting on their coat, zipping, being able to stick to a schedule, following simple directions, following a routine. And these are things as adults we take for granted because we just do them naturally but these are things that children don't get to experience until they're really in a school setting
0: right absolutely and I've heard um, I've heard recently I don't know if you've heard this but a lot of the um, a lot of those skills that you just mentioned are the skills that always come up in job interviews and and things that you'd want in an ideal employee. It's interesting that a lot of these skills the ones that you want your children to That you want children to see as a kindergarten teacher coming into your classroom are those same skills that should be echoed kind of throughout the rest of their lives? Absolutely. And they are my top. And even with
1: my own two personal children, I will tell them as their mom, I'd rather you be a kind, gracious, humble human being. Then have straight A's and have ninety eights and a hundreds constantly coming in the door. It is okay to not be that
0: straight A student, but it is not okay to not be a good person. You know, I always consider myself a lifelong learner. I'm always picking up a book. You can always learn something new. But to to have those kind of um, those compassionate skills, those are really really important to have from day one. It seems.
1: And even something we didn't talk about is
0: empathy. That
1: is a large chunk of a skill that is missing. Going along with empathy is coping. Children are now having a difficult time coping with either tragedy or loss. And I'm talking about loss, like someone took a toy out of their hand. They're having a very difficult time knowing, okay, this just happened to me. What do I do next? What can I do to help solve this problem? We're losing a lot of our problem-solving skills.
0: Do you see that a lot of that is being in such a different state of mind for the pandemic over the past two years?
1: That is actually a tricky question, but I think partly it is. I think if you were blessed enough to have parents that were home, that were working at home around the clock with their child, you're seeing a very different child than ones where parents were working full-time either in or out of the home. I know as a a kindergarten teacher, my personal experience with COVID is I was on a computer from eight in the morning, sometimes till eight o'clock at night. And I did my schoolwork in the living room and I would roll my chair back and forth between my desk and my son trying to give him the pieces that he needed to get his homework done or not have a meltdown because it was a very scary time and kids needed to be reassured that it was all going to be okay. Right. And but we have to be very careful with nurturing them well, and then giving them everything they need as soon as they ask for it there is a very, very fine line and it's a very difficult place as a parent to be because of course nobody wants to say no to their child. But eventually those meltdowns and those temper tantrums and those coping skills will be better as a result of you giving them the patience they need to survive.
0: It's so funny that you mentioned that too because um, my son is my son is younger he's two and a half um, but with the pandemic, I saw a huge change when we finally started going back into child care because I had worked from home with him but that that social development of learning all of those skills that you really, you need to learn those with other children. Those social skills that lend into learning how to share, how to cope, how to socialize, how to... Uh, exchange and communicate he had a lot of those skills foundationally but he needed those other children to be there to help flourish those and that empathy it's all it all relied on that so it was like a it was like the renaissance of him learning when he finally got going back into that that environment with other children and that it that was a huge piece of it and it's very
1: important I tell parents a lot that you know a lot of Parents are very worried about putting their child in a daycare environment, but then they can't afford to stay home. And I was one of those parents. I will be very honest. I very, very much struggled with, can I stay home just a little bit more? And you know, I'm. this is kind of a funny story, but I wanna be as real as I can for all the listeners. My husband very kindly in his funny witty way said to me, yep, you can stay home longer with the baby. He said, and then we can sleep in the van until (laughs) they repost. But I will say this to people that are struggling. If you find the right provider, if you connect with somebody instantly that will love your child the way you do, it is going to be okay. And I tell parents that it is like on the job training for children. It is really prepping them for what's coming. And it is a beautiful thing to watch your child go from this little tiny baby into someone talking and walking and sharing and caring and knowing how to lose at a game and knowing how to go up to somebody and say, hi, here's my name, wanna play? Those are such monumental phases of development. So hey, daycare
0: is a wonderful piece of their growing. I agree. And I think, you know, I love everything that you just said because nothing in what you just said was and having them sit down and do this and do this because so much of what children learn in those first years of their lives before they enter school circles right back to all the things that you said, are the important things that they're learning are those socialization, that empathy, those, those, um, soft skills, isn't the right word for it, but it almost is of, they don't need to know how to read when they walk into kindergarten. They need to, they need to, they almost need to just know how to interact with others and how to, how to work through those problems with other people. Does, is
1: that right? We are missing, yes, and we are absolutely missing so much of that. Another thing we're missing, honestly, is imaginative play. When I go up to a child and watch them play with a dollhouse, they don't know like how it used to be you take the little people you make them move you make the mommy talk to the daddy or to the sister and there's a puppy and they they're just missing so many of those valuable play conversations it becomes wrestlemania on the carpet or you know how can one outdo the other we're losing problem solving while we're playing because we're losing the ability to play. And that honestly, as a mother and a teacher, frightens me very much.
0: Yeah, that's that is a it is a scary sentiment to, to express. What are some things that everyone in our community can take from this as ways to build readiness skills for for children who are entering school in the near future and the, the distant future?
1: So this is actually a really great question. And I love it because. I, I'm going to be very honest. I was told I wasn't going to be able to have children and we were blessed with the most beautiful baby girl. And then I had my son a couple of years later and I was very, very worried about what life was going to look like. Where was I going to put them? You know, were they going to be okay when they were born? You're constantly worried. And I think parents that are really, on the ball, and they're really in tune with their children, I think they have those same worries. And so the most important thing I can say is make sure that your child is meeting their developmental milestones. Make sure that when you go to the doctor, you don't let the doctor say, this is what your child should be doing last month. Please research those milestones. Developmental milestones are online for free. And just make sure your child is hitting those milestones. That is so important because if there are pieces in speech you miss, if there are pieces in language, in hearing, in physical development, in social emotional development, in fine motor and gross motor skills. And a lot of people, I just want to explain fine motor is really using your fingers and the small pieces of your body and gross motor is moving your entire body, your arms, legs, running, hopping, skipping, going up and down stairs. If there are pieces missing in any of those areas, it's like dominoes. One piece could affect another could affect another. And I My hope for everybody is to just grab hold of those milestones, print them out, get a copy, and be on top of that. So that part is my family piece. But as a child care provider, I think you need to carry over the nurture that the family gives. You need to sit with the parents. You need to sit with the family. Ask them how their home is run ask them about the things they're doing and just have a wonderful conversation. Just talk to them, learn who they are as people, learn their values and then carry it forward because that child will feel so safe and so secure when they know things are happening like they happen with mommy and daddy or whoever is watching them. And The trust factor in that is invaluable. When you can gain the trust of a very small child from a very early onset, you have worked all the magic you have already.
0: I a hundred percent agree. And, um, on, you know, just a personal note, that's, that's certainly how I felt when I was looking for childcare. Um, I was very lucky because I knew what I wanted to look for. And all of those things that you just mentioned are exactly what was the decision maker for us. It was that compassion, that respect, that tradition and, and love for children. Um, and everything comes from there because if you have a loving and supportive environment where the children are allowed to play and express themselves, that's where learning takes place. And that's, that's how I see my child now, being able to do everything that he can do.
1: And I tell all of the parents that bring children to my class, all of the families I am so blessed to have, know that when you come to Mrs. Snyzik's room, we are a family, that's it. That is a non-negotiable. When one cries, we all cry. When one laughs, we all laugh. It's not just a classroom community. It is a family system.
0: And that just strengthens empathy too. Everything you're saying is reinforcing empathy. And it's, it's beautiful because that's exactly one of, the, one of the things that I think we all need right now is a little more empathy from everyone.
1: And a lot more patience. And we just need to slow down and realize that children really do work at their own pace. Their brain only has so much capacity to house what we give them and for them to use it appropriately. So if you give them information and they can't do it on the first try, it's okay. You just keep trying. Change your wording do it differently, try it again, they'll get it. They will rise to the occasion, but they have to have the trust. They have to have the cognitive skill, the social emotional skills to deal with what you're saying, the fine motor skills to do the task. Children are like a fine layered cake you can keep peeling and peeling and peeling and eventually you will get to the amazing middle it will get there just be kind and give them grace and it will come
0: well i think too one one thing that gets kind of lost in the translation is um expectations and how we would expect the same thing from ourselves so I I know certainly even today, I had to reread something six times to understand it. And it was something that I realistically speaking should have understood the first time I read it. But for whatever reason, it just wasn't sinking in today. And we expect children to understand things the first time that we say them. And it's not a realistic human experience. I think reframing what you're asking of children and thinking to yourself, would I expect this of myself as an adult is really important for people to understand and expect of children? You know, they're still learning in the same way that we're still learning. They still have bad days in the same way that we have bad days. I tell my
1: students every day, every brain works differently. If somebody's two pages ahead and someone is four pages behind, it's okay because eventually you will get there. But every brain needs what it needs when it needs it, if that makes sense. And I have trained my kids to know it's okay that Susie's a couple steps behind. She's going to get there. And now the kids say to me, it's okay. Everyone's brain works differently. I know. I understand. But more empathy, more compassion, more understanding of self and others So, and more understanding the world around them. That is a huge conceptual piece that we are missing.
0: When we talk about child development, most of brain development happens between the ages of zero and five. If children are being exposed to these concepts before they enter kindergarten, they'll only flourish from there on. And
1: constantly expose them. Don't do it and then stop for a month and reintroduce it because they have lost it and 50 other things have entered now those pathways so keep going you know if you are teaching empathy keep using it in
0: every scenario you can find in all those social situations this whole conversation does circle in and of itself um I think it's really important for parents to look at the developmental milestones and really understand what those mean for your children. We have a bunch of resources on that and all of the links that you mentioned, I'm going to make sure are included in the show notes so that people have access to them because there's a lot of ways for people to access that information. So there's apps now where you can have that checklist on your phone. You know, there's printables. There's basically, we can meet you at any place that you are that we can get you there to talk about those milestones and make sure that everybody's on track to be a healthy, productive child and a healthy and productive member of society. And you really can't ask for anything more than that. Well, this conversation has been awesome. I think we, I think we've covered so much great ground. And I think that there's a lot for parents to take home. There's a lot for community members. There's a lot for people who don't have kids who do have kids. There's something for everybody here. So thank you so much for talking. This has been fantastic. And I know this is going to help a lot of people. I completely agree. I cannot thank you enough
1: for even asking me. I'm so honored to even have been asked. So I really appreciate all of you for including me in this.